0: hey girl hey girl hey girl hey girl i am in my kitchen making a cup of coffee and one of my dear friends is in town helping me with the kids ryan went back to work yesterday and mama needs some help and some support so my friend josephina who was on the podcast last year Um, flew in from Florida to help me with the babies and I am so grateful Um, we are going to be chatting about fertility stuff um, infant loss miscarriage awareness month um, and just having some girl talk over coffee while Isla eats her snack and baby Max is taking her nap and I think I'm going to start doing these more often when my girlfriends come over and just calling them girl talk. Um, So, hi, Fina. Hi. (laughs) Good to have you here. It's good to be here. (laughs) So, the last time we were on the show together, you talked about... your struggles with fertility and that's kind of how you and I connected Mm -hmm. um we were trying to conceive around the same time and we had both had miscarriages I believe not far apart from each other yeah I wanted to you know just connect with you um and update the folks who listened to that episode we had a lot of women reach out saying that they could relate and you know, how you found your art through loss and everything like that. So what's been what's been new? What's been up?
1: Ooh. Well, we are still on our fertility journey. In a sense it's kind of new because now I know that there are a couple things that add on to our infertility, like PCOS and just trying to figure out how to live a new life with that. Right. Yeah. So There's like a lot of health challenges that come with that, like irregular periods, infertility, a ton of fatigue, even mental illness, which is something I struggled with for like a while. Mm -hmm. But I never knew where, like I knew that it stemmed from like family and trauma back then. But I didn't know that even when it comes to anxiety and depression, that can also correlate to PCOS. Mm -hmm. So it's just so crazy how a couple, I I think it was like a year ago maybe that we were recording. I didn't, I I think I had an idea of what was going on. Right. But now I'm like in a place where I know what's going on and we're still, we're still
0: trying. So knowing your diagnosis, right? How did that bring clarity to your situation? I know it might've been a little disappointing, but I also Mm -hmm. like in our personal conversations, you just wanted to know, what was going on so how was that for you naming you know what the issue is
1: I think it was like it was kind of like grief and joy Mm -hmm. it was very bittersweet because Mm -hmm. I remember I started taking supplements and you were like Fina wait until you get diagnosed (laughs) (laughs) talk to a doctor first (laughs) And I was like, but I know, I know that this is what it is. Yeah. So finally, when like the doctor said, you have PCOS, it was like, I knew it. I was right. Mm-hmm. And then once it hit, it was like, dang. So like, what's next? Right. You know, like, what, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of it, even though I knew what it was, it's still very rare. And you don't really know, like what steps to take when it comes to taking care of pcos within itself yeah. so like the doctors typically diagnose you mm-hmm. but they don't tell you okay what's next they kind of just say okay Here you you either on birth control or right. if you're trying then let me give you some clomid mm-hmm. so you can try but there's no like other yeah. way around that there's no okay let's figure out like what's off and right. what you need right so yeah that's that
0: sounds a little frustrating um just hearing you talk about it because with especially being black women women of color Mm. our fertility is you know important um we don't we aren't really listened to either and we've talked about that um and with my case um i don't have the fertility issues i'm putting issues in quotes because it's not even an issue. The fertility challenges, yeah. right? My husband did so to go through what we went through to conceive Isla. She was an IVF baby, and then to be completely surprised mm-hmm. and get pregnant naturally <laughs> with Max, you know, I there, there was so much joy with you know me and my husband being able to like have sex and have and make a baby, even yeah. if we weren't,
1: yeah, um,
0: we weren't trying for Max, but it just gave yeah. us this sense of comfort. But also, it made us kind of feel like, well, damn, we went through so much yes. to get Isla. And, like, the fertility specialists that we had are were amazing and are mm-hmm. amazing. But I just wonder, like, what else could have been done before yeah. going through what we went through to get Isla. Um, I don't know. So, I, yeah. I, I feel you. It's kind of like...
1: And we talked about this, too. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of knew that something was wrong with me at a very young age. I mean, I was... Twelve years old when I got my first period, and then I didn't get it until I was fourteen. Oh wow! And when I went to the doctors, they were like, "Oh, you just have a very irregular period. Here's birth control." Two years, and I'm fourteen years old, yeah. and I don't really know like yeah. what's going on. I just took, I just started taking birth control, mm-hmm. and it had me feeling weird um, from the beginning. From the beginning, so I stopped taking it. And then I started taking it again when Jay and I got married because we wanted to wait at least a year to start trying for a baby. Right. Um, But I always had in the back of my mind um, the thought of I don't have regular periods, so I don't know what this looks like when it comes to the fertility journey. Mm -hmm. So it was even a surprise to us when we got pregnant so fast because it was like, whoa, I didn't think I could ever really get pregnant because I can't hardly keep a period Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. fast forward two years now it's like okay when is my period gonna come and how do you deal with the stresses of being like walking through infertility and knowing that you're getting the support because Mm -hmm. I I shared with you like even within our fertility journey this year it was rough I mean like it's in Tampa there's like not many fertility facilities and I felt very alone and I just felt like it was just you know just another person that's gonna give me money mm, mm-hmm. Um. so there's not just like that vulnerability that you're walking through where you're trying to figure out what's wrong with your body and even knowing that you're the one who has something that's wrong with you but also in the back of your mind you're wondering like are we ever gonna Be able to overcome this Like am I ever going to be able To have a steady period Mm -hmm. Um, Are we ever going to be able To see our rainbow baby And while that hope is there Like the reality is A lot of times it gets hard Especially when you're not getting that support From your own doctor Mm
0: -hmm. And I think it's important to note too That you and your husband Got tested And everything Your hormones and everything came back Mm -hmm. your
1: levels so let's so
0: let's talk about (laughs) let's talk about that and maybe that that was a little bit confusing for you but also reassuring yeah Yeah. and then and then I think that goes back to kind of what we were talking about a few minutes ago how it's like being black young black people young black women Mm -hmm. with young black husbands why isn't more being done to figure out a b and c or maybe there is no a b and c but then not having this not feeling like you have the support to kind of
1: coincide with whatever news you get oh yeah i mean like when we when we got the test results first of all i was really scared and i just kept saying to myself like i just hope quote unquote, something is just wrong with me and not with Jay, because Mm. if it's both of us, we're screwed. And I just kept praying, like, I just hope something's wrong with me. So when the doctor read the results and she said, everything's normal on both ends, like not just you, like not just my husband, but me, I was like, okay, so I'm doing something right, but I don't know what I'm doing right. And no one um, can tell you. And no one can tell me it was only me because I was just like, okay, with PCOS, how am I going to treat this in a holistic way? I'm going to try to exercise. I'm going to try to take um, my supplements. And even within that, I don't know which supplements are the ones that I need right. because according to them, all my hormones are balanced. So I don't know. Like, right, right. I, I, don't, I didn't know. Now fast forward to now, a couple months later, it's been... 60 days plus yeah. since I've gotten my period. And I'm like, okay, so like I was doing the same thing I was doing when I was getting fertility mm-hmm. um, treatment. I don't know if it was in a sense that I felt like comfort because someone else is there. Mm. It's kind of like when you go to, like when you're really sick and you go to the doctor's office and you're already like, okay, I'm finally getting help. Right. So I don't know if that kind of eased the stress going to an infertility facility Mm -hmm. to like get help Mm -hmm. or i don't know like i don't know what what changed and it's kind of hard because not knowing and then being healthy getting good results and then going back to okay well something's wrong something is wrong right but you don't see it so i don't know if you're actually checking everything or you're just doing the minimum right right so I don't know, it's, it's different, but even going to the uh, fertility clinic, like, we were the only c- couple that is of color there. So, like, you know, there's always that thought of, are you actually, like, right paying attention to, like, to my ask. symptoms? Yeah. Like, I know that I have PCOS, so for you to tell me that I don't have it, like... I'm just like, mm, something's off because I know that I do. Mm-hmm. So are you actually like taking tests and caring about it or not?
0: Right? No, I can completely relate to like that feeling of being the only, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when we were trying to conceive Isla and we had eight IUIs, Mm -hmm. which is the, you know what that is, but for folks who don't know what that is, it's intrauterine insemination. None of them worked for us, so that's why we had to go through with IVF and Um, it really wasn't as terrible as I thought, but it was like, it was just scary. Yeah. And even though we had a great team, we were still the only people of color in the waiting room ever. And then I had some guilt with that too, because it's like, there's so many black and brown people who can't afford to be in the position that we're in. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I need to honor like the fact that I'm blessed enough to be in this position. Yeah. And not complain. So there was this Same. like weird push and pull with my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird place to be. Especially like on the other side of miscarriage. Mm. It's just odd. Yeah. It's just it, odd. Because it, it feels, we were talking about this last night. It feels so far away. But then it's, yeah. again, it feels so, still so close. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm there with
1: you. It's like there's these, like, little snippets of hope, like, in between that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it it does feel that way. It's like you're struggling with feeling lonely, but also that guilt of, in a sense, feeling like you're privileged because you have the opportunity to, like, go a little further when it comes to the journey and and trying to conceive. Right. (laughs)
0: So, yesterday was a pretty—I don't know if I, if, if I want to call it pretty emotional because you didn't seem emotional—but it no. was a special day for you yeah. yesterday. Your baby would have been two. Yeah. So, how have you processed? How have you been processing over the past two years, mm-hmm. celebrating the um, the baby you? would have had Mm -hmm. and also honoring your grief and your loss and trying to find ways to kind of move through that
1: Mm -hmm. i think like over the years it's kind of i've grown more in tune with myself um and typically like last year we didn't celebrate the one year at all Mm -hmm. i kind of just like said maybe one, a couple words to my husband about it and we didn't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. But we always okay. kind of like Daddy. honored the miscarriage day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized Daddy. even yesterday that like celebrating the, the two years makes it even more real for me. Right. And in a sense that it kind of helped me grieve in a different way. So yesterday it was like honoring the just a couple things that made me know that this was real. So like the morning sickness and the cravings Mm -hmm. and even saying that to my husband and telling him like, you know, our baby would have been two today. Uh, For him, I don't think he's as emotional Mm -hmm. as I am, Mm -hmm. Uh, but just sharing that with him Mm -hmm. helped. Uh, kind of bring us together and recognize that as as a team and not just feeling like it's just me recognizing that, which I think that that also plays a part on not... I think it's emotional period, but it helps not making it depressing. Yeah. It kind of just encourages us within our journey. So even though yesterday... It can be filled with if only's and um and if this never happened, I think yesterday was more of it was like bittersweet because I was like very hopeful mm-hmm. yesterday. I wasn't incredibly sad. I was just like, you know, I'm so grateful that even though the baby lived in my womb for twelve weeks, like he or she changed so much like the trajectory of like the direction of my life and mm-hmm. where I was headed and what I was doing. I can just imagine like two weeks, two years ago, I was working at a recovery clinic and that's just all I did. And yeah. I was like working myself to exhaustion where I'm just in a very different place now where I'm more aware. Mm -hmm. So yesterday was all about recognizing the beauty that came out of loss.
0: Yeah, I think that's really special. Um, And the reason why it's special is because like, you were able to, I think, bloom from Mm -hmm. that really hard thing. But I think I mentioned this when you and I talked last year, when i experienced the loss i started writing affirmations
1: Mm.
0: so that's where today i affirm came from Mm. um and i think it's really beautiful that your calligraphy was birthed out of that loss like that's amazing because you're so good and (laughs) it's you've just turned it in you've turned your loss into some type of beauty um i think it's really important for folks who have experienced loss be it a child a parent to know that they they can find beauty in that. Yeah. It's hard, though. Yeah. There were so many days when I was like, F this. Yep. I just want to give up. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it also helped me realize, too, how to name what I need
1: mm-hmm. and how to
0: speak up for my grief and yeah. speak up for myself. Yes. I don't know if, you've, if you felt the same way, but there were so many instances where I had to speak up. I couldn't just let people guess how I was feeling Absolutely. or expect people to show up. And I wasn't saying mm-hmm. how I needed them to show up.
1: Yep. Yeah. I think for me specifically, it's definitely refined my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there were so many things that, you know, we kind of just buried. Yeah. And never like worked through. Yeah. Um, but it's taught me to be bold and ask for what I need when it comes to Jay, especially as we navigate through the fertility journey because right. it can be very lonely as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and with my husband, like he has work outside of home right. and I'm home all the time. So even though like I have my own business and he's working, I think that a lot of times like when I'm home, I think a ton on infertility and it like makes a lot of room for anxiety Mm -hmm. so i've been able to figure out how to actually word what i need and not just harbor it and also learn to like share my vulnerability without feeling guilty About making people feel uncomfortable as I share about my loss. Right. You know, because a lot of times it's so easy for them to ask, Hey, so why don't you have kids? But then when I say, Yeah, you know, we have a baby in heaven, it's very awkward for them. Mm -hmm. But how awkward do you think it is when you ask me when are we gonna have children when you don't know like that situation? Yeah, Yeah. when you don't know the entire journey that it's been for us. So it's definitely helped me kind of see things differently, especially when it comes to fertility. I think that a lot of people think, okay, once they get married, they're going to have a baby, and you think that comes so quick. Right. (laughs) But it's like, that's not real life. No.
0: And for us, like, I thought I was being punished. Same. I thought I was being punished because um, I had my oldest daughter out of wedlock and... I wasn't in love, and I barely knew the person I was having a baby with. I thought I was being punished because I had an abortion after that. Mm. Um, I thought I was being punished because I couldn't, quote-unquote, have it all. Like, I had met my husband. Mm. We were in this healthy relationship. Same. We were so in love. Yes. And now we can't have a baby, and I'm being punished. And yeah. I had to really... I had to really shift my way of thinking and get out of victimhood and decide, like, no, I'm not being punished. This is a thing. This is a scientific thing that is happening with us. And we're going to get the help that we need. And we're not just going to stay in this place of sorrow. And I had to tell, you know, my friends, my close friends, my family, like, here's how I need you to show up for me. This is what I need. This is what I want. This is how you can love me through this. Yeah. And this is how I want you to love me through mm-hmm. this and see and see this, you know, manifest into something beautiful. Because right now, I just feel lost.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like, I felt like, I felt like Jay and I were being punished because, you know, he's a college pastor. And when we got married, we waited Um We waited to kiss Mm -hmm. until our wedding day. And I wasn't a virgin. And, you know, in, like, the Christian world, they honor, you know, you not having sex. Right. And um, Jay was a virgin. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I am not the person for him because I wasn't that way. Right. And there were so many times, even with our failed IUI... I told him, you know, I think by now if you were married to somebody else, you probably would have had your baby. Mm. Um, and there were uh, there was just a lot of guilt and shame um that I attached to infertility. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I think about like when our baby comes, I can only imagine how much more close right. we will be with one another when our rainbow baby comes. It's the same thing, I had to learn so many boundaries and I had to learn, okay, like once I got over that guilt and shame of us being together and like struggling to conceive, it was okay, I don't need to feel guilty for unfollowing people. I don't need to feel guilty for not going to baby showers. I don't need to feel guilty if I distance myself from somebody for a little while. At the end of the day, like if there's an intimate friendship there, or if there's an intimate relationship there, then they'll understand that I need this, like I need to take this space and I need to form these boundaries in order to continue healing. Right. You know, I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't learn that with Jay. Right. Right, right. Also think
0: like it's important to give ourselves the space that we need it was so hard for me to see like pregnancy announcements mm-hmm. and even when I even when I got pregnant with Isla it was just like coded in loss still I was like I'm never gonna like she's not gonna make it here like there was just always this doubt mm. and then It was hard for me to, like, celebrate my pregnancy. It was hard for me to celebrate because I was also feeling guilty that there were people in my life who hadn't conceived yet. Mm. Um, And then when it comes to Max, she was such a huge surprise. Like, I even considered not telling anybody, especially Mm. my friends who were close to me struggling because I was like, I don't know. How that's gonna be, but also,
1: I'm glad you told me. I was so excited. And for me, like, I don't know. It's just different when your friends understand your journey. Like, and I have to keep that in mind. Understand your journey, right? Like for me, it was like, you know what? If she was able to do this, and they said that you wouldn't be able to conceive naturally at all, yep. And they were able to do this, then I know that PCOS. Ain't crap isn't gonna like stop it's me. Yeah. not gonna stop us yeah. and there is hope so for me it was like a sign of hope I think it's hard when uh it's hard when our friends don't say anything
0: right and I had to I, I had to keep that in mind too um because I'm like we're gonna be celebrating this together and to be here you know and to be to bear witness to You and your faith and your hope and your resilience is just, it just makes me really happy because it's so easy to give up. Yeah, And I think both of you, I think both of us have been in a place where it just feels like the rainbow's never going to come. And even though you and Jay haven't welcomed your rainbow baby yet, there's like this abundance around you guys and this faith that it's going to happen and it's going to be special and it's it's going, you know? Like, it's not this thing of... Even when it feels hard, you know?
1: But I think that also comes with who we're surrounding ourselves with. Mm -hmm. Because I think that if I, you know, if I didn't have the friendship that we have, I don't know if... I would be in this place, Mm. you know, because I feel completely comfortable with telling you, okay, today sucks. Yeah. And I don't know if this is ever going to happen. So I have that friend where I can be I can come to you even with doubt. And I know that you'll feed into my resilience and my hope when I don't feel that hope or when I don't feel like it'll ever happen. Mm -hmm. Your friendship has helped me fuel that up when I'm empty mm. so it's like even your wins that you're like I don't know if I want to share that like that helps our friendship mm. because for me I'm like looking at the side that you were on and I'm like I don't know if this is gonna happen but this is something that you also thought for yourself yeah so being on the other side it's like okay like
0: you're getting there. <laughs> and I'm, I feel the same I feel the same way I mean now We have two children under two. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm like, I mean, today, I'm like, how the heck am I going to do this? This is scary for me. Like, I feel so blessed, but I also feel really scared and nervous for this new chapter. Um, Isla, as y'all can hear, is super busy, Mm -hmm. and she's only getting busier, and it just is we're on the other side of it but now there's new challenges yeah (laughs) and um you know it's people like you who fly in from different states to help me with my kids when my husband goes back to work it's people like you that I'm like just happy to be around because I know I can feel supported and I know that I can say this is hard for me today and this hurts me today and this feels really big for me today and not be judged and not be like girl you got these kids like be grateful that you even yeah. have this kid. Like yes, I am totally grateful that I have these kids, but I also yes. Yep. This feels like this <laughs> big huge daunting scary thing. Um so as we just wrap up this this girl talking conversation, um I have three questions. The first question is how are you leaning deeper into your creativity these days? You have a book out. That is something new. I have yeah. to like plug that. It's an amazing book. Um How are you nurturing, birthing a book, preparing for a rainbow baby, and all of that right now?
1: So it still feels surreal that I wrote a book, uh, especially knowing that it comes out of loss and our experience with grief. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's still a huge shocker, but it's also kind of unlocked this creative inside um so right now when it comes to like nurturing my creativity I've been writing a whole lot more um not just calligraphy wise but also just writing for myself and allowing some of my writings to be just for me because I've I feel like I've opened up and I've become a little more vulnerable on my social media and just on my platform, period. But I also want to make sure that I honor that my own creativity and take the time to like have it for myself. Right. So I take time to just write for myself or create something for myself. Um, and I'm also in school. Well, I'm taking a break right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also in school and I'm specifically going to school for art therapy. Um, and I think about infertility and i think about mental illness and like that's the target that i want to have right now so mm-hmm. i'm going to school and i'm studying for that i don't really know if that's self-care it's it's real stressful it's hard.
0: i mean it's, it's self-care in a, in a in a in a
1: sense it's stressful yeah. but i know that it'll pay out yeah. um later on yeah so yeah
0: um the next question is what would you say to people during this month october 25th is pregnancy and infant loss awareness day Mm. what would you say to other women walking
1: through this i would say if you've had your rainbow baby it is okay if you still are grieving i think that a lot of times we think a lot of people assume okay well you had your baby so you should get over your loss but a loss is still a loss and grief has no timeline regardless if your rainbow has come or if it hasn't. So take your time grieving, nurturing your soul and just surrounding yourself with people who not only understand, but encourage you to continue to take your time grieving and continue to take your time healing. Cause we, I feel like healing doesn't just stop it. Like it continues to go. So remembering that we are still healing whether our rainbow has come or not.
0: Lastly, what does self-care
1: look like to you today? Mm, Self-care is definitely traveling to see my friends (laughs) and hang out with their babies. It really is like I've been getting the best rest, which is so—it's so funny because yeah. you would think, okay, how? And Ayla was I woke up at six AM this morning. I was like, please don't wake
0: Auntie Fina up, please. And she, she didn't. I was like, girl, you can sleep because Ida oh, yes, is loud. And Max was crying, and Charlie was getting together for school. I was so y'all like, pray for my future Lord. baby because Mama gonna be sleeping through all the noise. That's so funny.
1: So definitely. Spend Spending time with friends, getting out, like going outside, even if it's like just for a walk or for a run. Um, And it's so funny, but I've been liking like doing that and going on adventures by myself. I like surrounding myself with people, but I also love being able to kind of hear silence and kind of listen to what my body wants and my body needs or what my soul needs. So Being able to like take a walk from my house to a coffee shop and just read or, you know, just sit still for a bit and like listen um, has been super, super, super nourishing for me, especially while navigating through um, our fertility journey. Like being able to write those things down that are on my mind and doing it on my own, not just with a whole lot of noise. That's been super helpful.
0: Thank you. So thank you guys for tuning in. I will leave um, all of Josefina's information in the description of this podcast. Check out her book, follow her on social media, connect with her. Both of us are really into building community and sisterhood through storytelling and just telling our truths and walking tall in that. Um, so we will will chat with you later and see you on The internet and hopefully one day at our workshops together. She also teaches with me too. So, all right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai.